Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Pusher 2 is the movie I'm talking about this time. Uh, last week, I reviewed the first Pusher film of the trilogy of Pusher films, uh, written and directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, so this is the second in that uh, trilogy. Uh, the first film followed the character Frank, uh, who is a criminal and uh, drug dealer. And you're following a week in the life, basically, of a guy who is trying to get desperately trying to get out of debt. Uh, a, a large amount of debt that he is due to a quote unquote friend uh, who is kind of his drug supplier. Uh, and the way that movie ended led, I mean, it wasn't going to be good. Uh, the hope that we had as the audience for Frank, uh, that he would turn things around, was immediately eliminated, immediately cut short, and uh, it was only, the only possibilities, really, for Frank were that he ran away, just disappeared, or uh, was eventually taken out by whoever, the multiple people that were after him. Uh, so it was interesting. I was curious to know how Pusher 2 would continue this trilogy. And we are not following Frank anymore. We are following somebody who was a side character of the first film, who was a friend of Frank's, that being Tony, played by Mads Mikkelsen, who is out of the entire cast of the first and this now second film is the only actor that I recognize from anything else. Uh, and I'm not sure. Let's see if this says uh, where this movie uh, took place. Potentially, possibly, uh, maybe it will tell you where this was. Um Bosnia? No, that's just many of the casts are not actors, but real criminals uh, from Bosnia. Uh, playing blah, blah, blah. Was 2006 sentenced to eight years for prison, followed by, well, that's interesting. Uh, did not know that. Did not read any of that stuff. So I don't know if they are in Bosnia, but it's definitely some, like, Danish. So it's, uh, and Serbian are the two languages. Denmark. Country Denmark. So that's where the, the movie takes place. Um, so it's all subtitled, whatever, but you get into it. I got into it and it's a very much a slow burn kind of a movie because you are just as you were in the first film, you are on a ride, uh, in the potentially week in the life of Tony. Now this movie isn't necessarily specifically broken up into days, uh, like the first film was, they both start off similarly in that it, it shows like, uh, image of each of the main characters with their names kind of showing you the people who are in this story uh, but it's not broken up into days like the first one was uh, this one does start out with Tony in prison again uh, and he's listening to a story being told to him about a guy uh, who ran a garage had a garage and things weren't going well financially and he got into some trouble and it turned into a situation where he owed a lot of money, which is a big theme 
of these two movies so far being finding yourself in desperation because of a large amount of debt you owe to because you are a criminal to other criminals uh it, it in a lot of ways has similar vibes to uh squid game which i thought was interesting uh just the kind of that desperate to do anything in order to pay off massive amounts of debt um so he's he's listening to this story about this guy and it starts off as like a story where you think it's going to be like this big mistake that this guy did that in an attempt to uh get back at these people they came to his his garage and he opened fire on them because he wasn't going to be uh slowly drained of everything he's not he's not going he's standing up to these guys uh ended up one of the bullets uh exploded the car and the people inside the two people in the back seat immediately died but the two people in the front you could hear them screaming as they slowly burned to death and it's like in that moment you realize like that that we're all the same it's just those people had experience dealing with this kind of situation and he had never had that experience but now after that moment he now had that experience and it's a turn in the story where it's like so the lesson I learned isn't that like, oh, you know, you might accidentally kill a bunch of people and explode things uh, and then go to jail. It's that uh, if you don't stand up for yourself, uh, these criminals are going to continuously drain the life out of you no matter what. Like it's a never ending cycle of of constantly trying to get out of debt and, and try to make money. There's no like there's no way out. It's just a treadmill. Uh, and it's this guy basically telling the story to our main character tony because tony owes him one last debt before he gets released from prison so you see tony uh i don't know if he shanked a guy before he got out or if he just punched a guy like knocked a guy out or exactly what happened but he got his revenge for this other guy and that's how we're we start this movie and then tony gets out of prison and he's trying to get a job uh his dad runs a garage uh, maybe above board, maybe not, and the, the dad is kind of treats him like a loser. You know, getting out of prison again, he wants to get a job working there, and he doesn't trust him. And a lot of this movie is like dealing with f like what it's like to be born into and grow up in uh, a criminal environment. Because his family is criminals, Tony's family is criminals, and he's kind of like the guy that quote-unquote fucks up all the time. But then there's also this, this aspect to this story where Tony has a kid. Like there was one of the prostitutes or whatever, uh, or just a, a woman who get, got around to everybody in town. Uh, he ended up impregnating her, and now she has a kid, and she says it's his. Uh, and there's this kind of this paternity test thing that's an ongoing thing that actually never happens uh, so he never finds out if he's actually the dad of this kid but it, in so many ways he has a lot in common with this kid where it's like they're both because of the people that they were born the families they were born into they will live a life of crime and the kind of desperation that comes along with being in that lifestyle and how constant 
constantly like draining and just soul sucking that kind of life is and uh it's it's uh it's kind of a brutal idea right that like i mean it's one thing to be like just i mean in so many ways like crime is born out of out of poverty out of this like this desperate desire to get ahead in order to keep up with the quote-unquote normal people but then meanwhile billionaires and stuff are committing just as many crimes just different types of crimes there's just like most of capitalist society is full of people who are trying to make money doing things as criminally as possible uh without getting caught that is like kind of the main idea for most people who are obsessed with making money is just like how many things can we get away with uh, to make this money uh, without having to pay anybody or just like what what's the biggest amount of money I can make for the, the smallest amount of effort and now a quick word from our sponsor now you can wear the many faces original art by Ray Taylor select pieces from the ongoing series of abstract ink paintings all products made with high quality materials made right here in the USA Go to InspireDisorder.com slash TMF merch to browse the entire collection and save yourself an extra 10% when you check out by using coupon code RTSTMF. So once again, go to InspireDisorder.com slash TMF merch and save 10% when you use coupon code RTSTMF. And now back to our show. You know, so along similar to the other story, this one, it's more Tony is just is almost like this guy who wants to get out of the game on some level wants to get out despite the fact that he's also trying to make his dad happy showing his dad that like oh i can take care of stuff i can be a responsible criminal too but he also wants to get out of this game and how no matter what if you're born into it it's almost impossible to get out of it you just get sucked right back in. And so much of this is, despite Tony's best efforts, constantly he's getting sucked back in uh, to this, to this uh, lifestyle. Because unlike the first movie where Frank is the one who's trying to hustle and do these things, uh, this one is told from the, the perspective of Tony, who it's like these other people, he's like involved with these things that other people are doing, and he just gets sucked up into it as as part of the the deal um there's a scene when he first gets out of prison how he's like wants to get laid and he has these two prostitutes obviously like so far in every movie somebody is running a hotel with prostitutes in it and he goes to this place he's got two women but he's got coke dick so he's not able to get hard. He's got porn going on the TV. He's constantly trying to get his dick hard. Meanwhile, like also trying to get these women to to do sexy things to each other in front of him. He's almost acting like a, a director on, in some ways, uh, a, re- a reluctant director trying to get them to do things to each other uh, in order to get him excited enough to... to uh, to even have sex which is kind of a funny scene it's a funny scene because he's like so desperate to get hard but can't like at no point he can't and they're not willing to give him a blowjob without a condom which he keeps trying to get them to do he keeps trying to do everything he can meanwhile going back to do more lines of blow 
which I've never done cocaine, but I, I've, I've, I've known enough people who have done it to know that it's not the best drug to help you get an erection. Like, people who can have sex on cocaine tend to be a minority of the people who do cocaine, and that it tends to kill your dick. Uh, and I'm assuming that's what he's, he's snorting. Maybe he's snorting heroin, but it seems like the vibe of this movie is more cocaine. There's even a scene where his buddy goes to a, 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 a deal with his buddy is like another thing he gets roped into doing and his buddy's going to get uh, a bunch of coke to sell from milo who is the drug source from the first movie which is in this scene where uh tony and his buddy are going to do this deal uh they bring up milo comes in and he, he asks about frank asks tony if he knows about frank and he just doesn't know meanwhile at the end of the last episode our end of the last movie, Milo was Milo had his henchman rolling out the plastic wrap on the in the office to to clearly keep, get things uh, prepared for an execution. So we don't know necessarily if Milo actually got his hands on Frank and was able to execute him, or if the other person that was going out to kill Milo or to kill uh, Frank had got to him first. Or maybe Frank just split and ended up going to Spain, uh, which was kind of his plan before everything went south. Um, but it's the only reference to Frank in this whole thing. But there's a scene where he's going to do this drug deal, and, and uh, Tony's just there for, you know, protection, extra body to maybe, you know, not get fucked over. Also to kind of... Uh, test drive the drugs that they get um but in that scene so there's a knock on the door they're like in a hotel room which is like this crazy hotel room where the bathroom is walled off by like glass glass walls that are just frosted from like you know four feet down so like if somebody's standing up in the bathroom you can see them you know in the bathroom or if you get close enough to the glass wall, you can watch them take a shit, which Tony stands up to see if his buddy's actually taking a shit or if he's just doing more drugs. And, of course, his buddy's just doing more drugs. But in this hotel room, Milo shows up, and they get the drugs, and there's a knock on the door. So Tony's buddy goes into the bathroom, or he's in the bathroom. He, he flushes the drugs because he thinks it's the cops just immediately because they don't know who it is. And he flushed the drugs. Turns out it was just somebody with food, delivering food. So now Tony is roped in because he was there to this mistake that his friend, his buddy, made by flushing the drugs. And he's trying to get a refund. He's like, oh, it was a mistake. I didn't know it was a delivery guy bringing food. And Milo's like, well, that's your mistake. I'm not taking the loss on the drugs you flushed down the toilet because... You thought it was the cops. So that's how there's this another debt that is kind of dr the driving force in this movie. And a lot of it, it's not directly on Tony. Like, Tony is trying to help out this guy who's like, you know, the, he's trying to make excuses for why he doesn't have the drugs. Like, he makes up this excuse that he got beat up by these, these Middle Eastern guys. And... He does that by, you know, gets Tony, has Tony go buy a gun 
and the, shoots him in the arm. They go out in the middle of nowhere and have him shoot him in the arm. Uh, and then that that kind of buys him a little bit of time to say that he got mugged. And then they go. And there's another scene where they go to his buddy's house or his apartment or whatever, and they go to to break up everything, make it look like his his apartment got robbed uh, by the same people that are that are out for him um, to buy more time. But meanwhile, Tony, you find out Tony is because he was just there. He gets roped into this whole thing that he's like potentially on the hook for this debt that he had nothing to do with it's just like he's like this innocent bystander in some ways i mean there's a scene where tony steals a ferrari where he's trying to like make his dad proud and completely fails um but it's like he's like this innocent bystander that keeps getting roped into these stupid situations where other people fuck up but then he's on the hook for it meanwhile he's got this kid so he's like kind of trying to make things right despite the fact that like everybody around him including himself is doing drugs constantly like there's so many scenes where his baby mama has the kid she's doing lines of drugs smoking weed he's smoking weed he's putting dope into a cereal bowl like the kid is just out in the smoke and everything there's a scene where he's like changing the diaper and he's super stoked that he figured out how to change the diaper but it's like Oh, maybe the kid took a shit because he's so high he can't take all the smoke that's in this room. Like it's a, it's a messed up situation for this kid. And Tony, towards the end of this movie, you can see, is starting to wake up to the lifestyle that not only that he grew up in and seeing how fucked up that lifestyle is, but seeing the lifestyle that this kid is going to grow up in. And because of that, takes it upon himself to run away and that's how the the end of this movie unlike the end of last movie where frank doesn't run away he thinks he's able to fix things um tony just trying to get out of other people's business sees this kid that's just abandoned once more like the mom left to go like everybody left and he just sees this kid in like a duffel bag his kid in like a duffel bag and decides to like okay and you see he just like running down the street with this kid. It's kind of a, a good ending for this movie as compared to the last movie where it was a, a good ending, but a, a sad. It was like a, a, an ending where it was like this false hope at the last minute where this one, there's no real hope. There's no real like there's no real pressure on Tony specifically until he finds out that he's on the hook with his friend. Uh it's all just like circumstances that are happening. Like you see him go on these job where they steal all these cars from a dealership, which is pretty cool. But you see these different things that happen, but it, it's like so much just of a, you know, a, 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 what the life is like for these people. And so much of that is like, just to illustrate how desperate of a situation it is and how much Tony doesn't want this kid to grow up in that same kind of situation. Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. 
You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspired Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. And it's like a lifestyle where there's two characters that get get married in this movie, right? And their wedding reception has strippers. Like the reception at the bar with the family and the kids and everybody that showed up, the reception for the wedding, there are strippers that are dancing and giving lap dances. And there's just kids everywhere. Not kids everywhere, but they're children. Like the, obviously Tony's baby is there, but then other people's kids are there. Like his stepbrother or whatever is there. And it's like, it's sad to see. It's sad to see. Then you go in, like, during the reception, you go in, they, they go back to, like, the kitchen area, and you see all the women doing lines of blow off of, the, off of like, uh, tin, tin uh, trays. And, like, it ends up getting spilled on the ground, and you see them all, like, scrambling to try and sweep up the, the drugs that just fell on the ground. It's just, like, so sad. So depressing to see the reality that these people live in. It's like, just this is like constant, like constant self-medication to, to, to like block out the reality of how horrible your existence is. Um, and there was also a really funny scene when Tony is going to his buddy's house to smash up the house to make it look like these Middle Easterners you know, went in to, to, to go rob him some more. Uh, he, Tony with a Mads Mikkelsen built dude holding an aluminum bat, baseball bat, swinging it at a Trinitron TV and it just being impervious to any kind of damage, which I found to be hilarious because anybody that's ever had a Trinitron TV, known a person to, to have a tr- Trinitron, or even ha- had to attempt to move a Trinitron TV, you will know how much of that TV is just a giant solid brick of glass at the front of it. So the fact that Tony swinging this aluminum bat at it just bounces off like nothing is hilarious because that is... I remember helping a friend move out of an apartment on the second floor and there was just a staircase to get out of that apartment. And he had like a 32-inch Trinitron TV that probably weighed like a 1,000 pounds. We had, it was, you know, it was, we would play basketball all the time, early 20s. Uh, and a bunch of us, after playing basketball, we'd always go over to his house and get drunk and hang out, watch movies until we passed out. Until like 5, 6 in the morning when the sun would come up and then we'd all go home. And one night after drinking and eating chicken wings and watching Emperor's New Groove, we had the idea to now is the time to move this gigantic heavy ass TV down these stairs. And it was the on one hand, the dumbest thing anybody's ever done. We, we successfully were able to do it like five dudes trying to carry this 32 inch TV down the stairs 
just ridiculous. I mean, it's not big enough to where it's easy for five dudes to carry it, but requires five dudes to carry this giant heavy-ass TV down the stairs. Uh, so when he hit that TV and the bat just bounced off, I found that to be hilarious. The only real funny part in this entire movie. So far in the entire franchise, for the most part. Um Let's see if there's anything else I forgot to. Oh, there is a scene where it's like it's like this moment, this tipping point for Tony where uh, he while trashing the apartment, there was a, a woman there that saw Tony and then his buddy knocked her out. So he was ID'd to be there. And because he had just found out that he was on the hook for it as well, he decides to bounce out of that situation and go back to the bar where the wedding reception is to get his face shown, to, to make it seem like he never left, that he was, you know, to, so he has an alibi so they don't think that he was responsible for trashing the apartment despite the fact that this woman saw him. It's kind of a, 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 a precarious situation for Tony. But there's this scene where he's up in the office with his dad, the Duke, and the dad is like going after on him. Like, I'm sure like he had gotten his entire life where his dad is telling him how just just constantly insulting him, verbally abusing him, how worthless he is, how much of a fuck up he is, slapping him in his face, just disrespecting him in every single way. Kind of sad that it actually reminded me of, of similar situations where my mom spoke to me similarly, uh, which she doesn't remember. It's I, apparently something parents do when they drink a lot. Uh, and, and that was the tipping point for, it was also the tipping point for me leaving uh, that, the house I grew up in, uh, but also the tipping fo- point for Tony. But in, in this movie, unlike my life, uh, Tony decides to uh, put Duke down, let's say. Like, he had quite enough. And Duke, the Duke should have known better because he is an older man and, and Tony is a, a young, spry Mads Mikkelsen, uh, fresh out of prison. Um, and it's, 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 like it's kind of like this cathartic moment in the movie where it's, it's, he's starting to finally break free. Like, he, he clearly burned that bridge with his dad. You know, whether his dad survives or not doesn't look good for him. You know, he goes back downstairs and that's where he sees the kid and nobody is around, uh, which potentially the people there could have snorted uh, speed mixed with uh, rat poison, which is something that his buddy would leave out in his apartment to trick people that might break in. If junkies were to break in, they see a couple lines on the table and they just do the lines and unknowing that there's uh, rat poison mixed in, which is kind of a brilliant trick to play to protect yourself, protect your stuff from junkies, um, is just to when you leave the house to leave a couple lines of of rat poison mixed with speed. Um, So they may have snorted that because there's... A scene where they're clearly the the mom of the kid and then I think the new bride or another one of the friends uh, was snorting and like started having a bloody nose. Potentially. We don't know. 
Uh, but they both leave, and the kid is just sleeping in this duffel bag, so he decides to get the kid and literally just run away from the situation. He gets on a bus, and it's like the end of The Graduate, and it's like new beginnings. Except for The Graduate is like new beginnings, but like maybe I fucked up. Um, I guess maybe it, it could be similar t- for Tony as well, where it's like new beginnings, but maybe I fucked up. <laughs> maybe because now I have this kid. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I, I assume the third film is staying with Tony and this kid, potentially, where they ran away to. Um, but maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just as clueless to where this trilogy is going as I was at the end of the first film. But I did enjoy this one. I don't know if I enjoyed it more than the first one or less. Um you know, I think Tony is a little bit more likable because he is such an innocent bystander in so many ways and just trying to be a people pleaser despite being a complete and utter fuck up. Like, just not a good person, but also a person who was clearly uh, constructed and came from this type of a lifestyle. Uh, so I appreciate it. It's, it's so far, I'm, I'm really interested and really enjoying this trilogy of films and r- really kind of getting the tone that Nicholas Winding Refn likes to set his movies, like this slow burn where it's like it's almost everything in the movie is setting up for this moment, these events that happen towards the end that kind of make ev- all of the setup pieces makes sense for what a character does uh so i appreciate that so uh pusher two second movie in the trilogy the pusher trilogy uh all of which are currently on amazon prime so i would recommend checking them out um, if you're looking for a new movie going experience new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus buy ray taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com and follow the show on instagram at ray taylor show have a wonderful day everybody peace out today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about everything that you've been wanting every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real dreams can come true what you manifest in your mind you can bring to reality